devil went down to Georgia, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're going to regret because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're awesome up your WPTF, Tom Kearney here, the Tom Kearney Show for Thursday night. I believe it's uh, August the 6th, and just so you will know what you have uh, slipped into, that's Mr. Charlie Daniels, who left us in the, the times shortly past, and we're going to hear about that from Dr. Edward Funkhauser, who is our guest tonight and the keeper of the role on what we call a necrology. We didn't invent the word, though. It's probably been around since the Greeks used it. It has to do with those who have died but deserve to be remembered, something that was pointed out to me a number of years ago by my old friend George Brody, who used to be our Friday night trivia expert. And uh, periodically, Dr. Funkhauser appears on our program, and we talk about those who have gone away. Uh, A lot of times we don't realize that while we weren't looking, they slipped out, and uh, people that have been a part of our lives for a long time. And so if you did not know that Charlie Daniels had passed on, now you know, and we're going to do a little bit of a tribute to him and, and a lot of other folks who are new to our necrology. Dr. Funkhauser, are you there? I am here, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, and I'm eager to be filled in on the information of these folks, many of whom uh, uh, have been a part of my life for a long time. I'm looking down at the list, and you've got Bonnie Pointer and Johnny Mandel here. I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but we'll come back to them. But I guess you're going to start with Charlie Daniels. Yeah, Charlie Daniels uh, unfortunately passed away on July the 6th. He was 83 years old. Of course, he was a fiddler and singer who was active from 1958 until 2020. Um, Best known for the song you heard, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, which he co-wrote. It came out in 1979. Charlie Daniels was a member of the Grand Ole Opry and the Country Music Hall of Fame. And he was a native of North Carolina. Charlie Daniels was from Wilmington, North Carolina. And I, I think, uh, Ed, I was talking to you, I think he was was uh, an active citizen of North Carolina at times and was interested in North Carolina politics. And if I remember correctly, he gave part of the eulogy for George Jones when George Jones passed away and they had his funeral, I believe, at the Grand Ole Opry. And it, it kind of... Uh, was uh, broke everybody up, but uh, because of its sensitivity and everything. But he always had that big hat on. Yes, he sure did. He sure did. Well, Tom, uh, we we have a lot of folks to talk about tonight. I want to talk about two folks who have passed away. Both of them uh, passed in the month of July, and they're they're in many ways similar folks. Uh, but I'll bet that most of our listeners out there, many of them anyway, at least to those of a certain age, will recall Hugh Downs, and they'll recall Regis Philbin. Well, first Hugh Downs, he died July 1st. He was 99 years old. Um, What can you say about Hugh Downs? He was a radio and television host and entertainer from 1939, Tom, to 2007. That's 68 years. What a career. He was announcer for The Tonight Show, starring Jack Parr, 
He hosted the Concentration Game Show. Remember that? Right. He was a host of NBC's Today Show from 62 to 71. And he was the anchor of ABC TV's 2020 from 1978 to 1999 and many other appearances over decades. If we had to sum up Hugh Downs' career, we would say that he was one of the first, he was one of the best known, and one of the longest-lasting television announcers and performers. And I will say that whenever I watched him, particularly like when he was on the Today Show, he was an extremely comfortable man who always seemed to have everything under control. No kidding. He was Mr. Smooth. Yeah, exactly. Well, Regis Philbin uh, passed away on the 24th of July, and Regis was 88 years old. He, he too, was a television host, did talk shows and game shows from 1955 to 2020. That's 65 years. Uh, And Regis Philbin holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most hours appearing on TV. Guess who's number two, Tom? (laughs) It's got to be Hugh Downs. (laughs) Hugh Downs was number two, that's right. Uh, But uh, Regis was best known for Live with Regis and Kathy Lee and later Kelly from 1988 to 2011. Uh, he hosted a variety of shows, including game shows, including Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Remember that? Yes, yes. He was a Navy veteran. Guess where he's buried? <clears throat> he's buried at his alma mater, at his university alma mater. He is buried at a cemetery at the University of Notre Dame. In South Bend, Indiana. I did not know that. That's, yeah. that's why I like to listen to you do this. I always pick up something. right. Well, Hugh Downs and Regis Philbin were two greats in the medium of television. Uh, Another one, a great one in the medium of television, as well as movies, was Carl Reiner, who died on June June the 29th. He was 98 years old. Uh, Comedian, actor, director, and screenwriter from 1945 to 2020. And Tom, that's 75 years um, he was a creator, writer, and actor on the original Dick Van Dyke show, which many will remember. He wrote and directed Steve Martin's most successful films. He directed the movie Oh God in 1977, which, of course, starred George Burns, and had really a lot of other uh, notable accomplishments. He was the father of Rob Reiner, uh, who is famous himself. I would like to add one because I've never... It hasn't been mentioned that I've heard of, and it's one of my favorite things that he did. But he and Mel Brooks yes, he, were good buds, and they did something called called the 2,000-Year-Old Man. Correct. And it was as funny, and I think they both worked on the, uh, the your show of shows, the thing that Sid Caesar did uh, back uh, in the in the in. In the early 50s, it was on so long ago that we didn't even have a TV station when it was on. Well, yes, and, you know, they, he did a lot of collaboration with Mel Brooks, but the 2,000-year-old man was uh, one of his most famous, yeah. one of their most famous. Yeah, it was kind of off the cuff, I, I, I'm led to believe. I think Mel is still alive, unless I'm mistaken, but they... That is correct. They, it was tremendously funny, and if you've never heard it, work out some way to, to listen yeah. to the 2,000-year-old yeah. man. Well, I want to say something about a famous actress, a very famous actress, in fact, Olivia de Havilland, who died July 26th. And, 
Tom, she was 104 years old when she passed. Uh, an actress in 49 films, but she was best known for her role in Gone with the Wind, which was a 1939 movie. She played Melanie, uh, um, Scarlett O'Hara's sister-in-law, eventually, and a good friend, also eventually. <laughs> uh, she won four Academy Awards, many other uh, honors as well. Uh, it is said that she was the last surviving star of the golden age of Hollywood cinema. Um, she also worked in television and won awards there as well, also in the Broadway theater. And Joan Fontaine, another actress, was her younger sister. Fontaine also won an Academy Award. And so we mark the passing of Olivia de Havilland at age 104. Let's see. If, I'm trying to think. I think uh, Joan Fontaine was in the movie uh, Rebecca, I believe, with, uh, that, uh, in the movie Daphne Du Maurier wrote. I, I needed, meant to check that before we came on tonight so we could uh, identify her. They did not get along, uh, as a matter of fact. And, and in a way, Olivia de Havilland's going to Paris to live for the last part of her life, was walking away from Hollywood. I think she just got tired of the studio system. Yeah, she lived in uh, in Europe yeah. many years of her life. Yeah. Uh, time for one more before the break, Tom? Uh, let me look. I think we can do one more. Wilford yes. Brimley. Uh, that August 1st, age 85. We remember Wilford Brimley from television, but he was a character actor in the movies. He was in The China Syndrome, 1979, The Natural in 1984. But Brimley was seen often in TV advertisements, especially for Quaker Oats and Liberty Mutual Insurance. Uh, and Wilford Brimley had diabetes and um, was an active spokesperson for the American Diabetes Association. He started his career as a cowboy character actor, but expanded to other roles. Well, I want to mention, too, that my movie that... Uh that he was in was Cocoon. He was one of the old old boys in that who were uh, involved with Don. Don Amici won an Academy Award for that movie. That was an old person's movie, but uh, he was recognizable. And one of the things that would indicate to you uh, that he was recognized for his character acting is Johnny Carson liked to make fun of him. You know, he would always talk about Wilfred oh, yeah. Brimley and so on. Oh, yeah. But uh, would you like to take a break now, maybe catch your breath? Okay. That's Ed Funkhauser over there. I'm Tom Kearney. I get to be here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 to 10, with a little bit of live and in real-time radio. And periodically, we call our friend Dr. Funkhauser up. Uh, he's a professor emeritus at NC State, by the way. And he is the keeper since, uh, I think, 2006 of the role for uh, the necrology. Some of the people, usually celebrities, who have left us who have died but deserve to be remembered. And we will continue with our list to update uh, uh, the list for 2020 after we take a break. The Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF.
that's one of those that you hate to let go. But we uh, are primarily a program devoted to talking about people who have uh, have passed away but deserve to be remembered. Dr. Ed Funkhauser is the is the uh, pronouncer on on that particular list and the keeper of the role. I'm Tom Kearney, and I'm going to ask Dr. Funkhauser. What is the connection here with, with Santana and Black Magic Woman? Well, uh, the song Black Magic Woman uh, was a 1970 hit for Santana. Uh, the singer of that song, there are words in that song, uh, Greg Rowley was the singer of that song. But the song was written by Peter Green, who passed away on July 25th at the age of 74. Now, Peter Green was a singer, a guitarist, and a songwriter, and was one of the founders of the uh, quite popular and very famous band Fleetwood Mac. And Fleetwood Mac did record the song Black Magic Woman, but they didn't have nearly the hit, of course, that Santana did with that song. Um, Peter Green, the composer of that song, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998. Uh, as as uh, uh, on the basis of his role establishing the band Fleetwood Mac, Peter Green. I, I have to admit that I have a mild interest in in why they didn't name it uh, Green Fleetwood Mac or something. It's Mick Fleetwood, if I remember, and John McVeigh. Is that right? I think that's right. That's who uh, yeah. uh, Christine McVeigh was was saying with them, and Lindsey Buckingham, and uh, what's her name? I yeah. can't. And Peter Green and was Peter Green. one of the people. Okay, but there's, there's a woman too. And, uh, but uh, if somebody somebody will tell us who that is. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I have some interesting folks to discuss a bit. Tom William English died July 28th. He was 91 years old. Now, William English invented something. He was a co-inventor of something that nearly all of us use. I've got my hand on one right now. <laughs> <laughs> a computer mouse. He, along with Douglas Engelbart, uh, Engelbart, Douglas Engelbart was uh, were co-inventors of this device. Actually, English worked for Engelbart at SRI Labs in California, but this thing was invented by them in 1963. Uh, the original mouse had wheels under it. Uh, but later, uh, English invented a mouse with a ball inside. Remember those? Right. And uh, so uh, we give him credit for that. He was a native of Kentucky, and he had studied engineering at the University of Kentucky. William English, inventor, co-inventor, actually, of the computer mouse. To show you that I'm technologically up-to-date, apropos of mice, uh, my mouse does not have a tail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have a wireless mouse. I have a wireless tailless and wireless mouse. Right, right. Well, I, 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 if you don't mind, if you'll forgive me, I'm going to mention that Vernon Alden passed away on June 22nd. He was 97 years old. He was the 15th president of my alma mater, Ohio University, in the 60s. And he did a lot for that place, helped establish that as a major university and built the regional campuses, and had many other accomplishments. The library is named in his honor. I want to tell you, Tom, I spent many hours in the Alden Library at Ohio University years ago. Well, I, I, I believe that because you're one of the professors that I know, even though you're more or less retired now, you continue to read. And so this library habit 
uh, obviously started early for you. William Sessions passed away on June the 12th. He was 90 years old. He had been a federal judge in Texas, but he became the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation from 1987 to 1993. Uh, He was appointed by Ronald Reagan, and he had... Uh, Well, he was dismissed by Bill Clinton. Um, His uh, relationship with the Attorney General was not good. And uh, do you know who the Attorney General was then? It was a lady. I can't think of her name. No, you're thinking about Janet Reno. Janet Reno. Too soon for that, huh? Yeah, William Barr was the Attorney General. He was the seventh, William Barr was the 77th. Attorney General of the United States. He's still, he's Attorney General now, isn't he? was he? also the 85th. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> he's also the 85th Attorney General of the United States and the current Attorney General. So right. he was both the 77th and 85th. He but probably was appointed by George H.W. Bush. He was, that yeah. is correct. Yeah. Uh, that is correct. Tom, we've had some uh, true civil rights leaders to pass away and uh, there's been a lot of publicity for John Lewis, uh, his passing. He died July 17th. He was 80 years old, uh, served in Congress for 33 years, 87 to 2020. Um, he, he had been chairman of, of uh, SNCC. Remember SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. He, did, he chaired it for three years in the 60s. But uh, Lewis was famous for leading marchers across the uh, well-known Edmund Pettus Bridge down in Selma, Alabama in 1965. Uh, Lewis had grown up in poverty uh, in rural Alabama. He became an ordained Baptist minister, later graduated from Fisk University in Nashville, and later was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He was one of the ones on the dais uh, in the uh, for uh, the uh, Lincoln Memorial in August of 1963, when the Reverend Mr. King made the I, I had a dream speech. I think I think he spoke that day himself. I uh, I think you're correct. Another uh, civil rights leader, C. T. Vivian. By the way, we hear a lot about C. T. Vivian. His name is Cordy Tyndall Vivian widely known as C.T., he died July 17th. That's the same day as John Lewis. Um, He was 95 years old. Um, He, too, was a Baptist preacher, civil rights leader. He was an associate of Martin Luther King. Um, Vivian was a Missouri native, uh, but he achieved fame by uh, by leading the first sit-ins and marches to occur in Nashville, Tennessee, back in 1960 and 1961. He wrote books, he worked to save the historically black colleges and universities, and he too was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, I want to mention uh, Shirley Ann Grau. Tom, you had mentioned uh, earlier this evening that you had uh, been familiar with her work. Uh, She was a Southern author, died August 3rd. She was 91 years old. And um, she was uh, born in New Orleans, grew up, in, however, in Selma, Alabama, before moving back to New Orleans with her family. Uh, and she won the 1965 Pulitzer Prize for fiction for a book entitled Keepers of the House. 
She also wrote a book entitled The Black Prince, which was nominated for a National Book Award. So she was quite a successful author. She was married and had two sons and two daughters, Shirley and Grau. Now, we have about a little over a minute left, but I'm going to ask you not to take another one and indulge me for a minute and, and join me for a minute because you, when you mentioned uh, Mr. Vivian and, uh, and uh, Mr. Lewis, uh, the fact that they died on the same day, you made me think of those people who have the misfortune, who are, let's say, mildly famous or famous for one thing, but they die on the same day as somebody who is much more famous. Uh, right. Uh, I can't remember... I was always a fan of uh, Mel Blanc, the, the voice imitator, and he died on the same day as somebody famous. I think it was somebody like Johnny Cash or somebody like that, and and so it was shattered a little bit. But indeed, that's one of the reasons for us to do what we're doing here tonight is to remind people that that while the publicity on a certain day may have gone to one person, that that other person was was there too. Right. And we're trying, of course, also to mention some people tonight that we didn't, we actually had never heard of. Like, for example, William English. I suspect that most people didn't know who English was, but he is a person who has impacted almost everyone's life. And somebody had to invent the mouse. That's, that's Dr. Edward Funkhauser. He's the keeper of the record for the necrology. I'm Tom Kearney, and we're going to check the news. The Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Number. Dr. Funkhauser, uh, who is our guest tonight, Dr. Ed Funkhauser, who are we listening to there? It's the Pointer Sisters, isn't it? That's right. The Pointer Sisters, the song is He's So Shy. Uh, the Pointer Sisters had a lot of hits, but um, the reason we're playing that song is, of course, Bonnie Pointer passed away on June the 8th. Uh, Bonnie Pointer was 69 years old. Um, she was one of the sisters, and they really were sisters, and there were a lot of them. There were four sisters, as a matter of fact, but usually three of them performed. And they changed in and out, and later one of the daughters joined them, and then a granddaughter was also on the stage as well. So um, those folks made up the Pointer Sisters group. They were popular in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, but uh, he show shy of fire, and remember the song Neutron Dance? It wasn't them that was looking for the man with the cool hand, was it? Don't think. Okay. But uh, Bonnie Pointer, okay. one of the Pointer sisters, passed away June the 8th. It was a family affair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, may we do some sports figures, Tom? I've, I've been looking forward to it. Well, we have a lot of them. Why don't we start with a local one tonight, okay? 
Okay. Somebody from North Carolina, Tootie Robbins. Uh, he died August 2nd. He was 62 years old. Um, his, they call him Tootie. His name was James Albert Robbins. He was a NFL offensive tackle with the St. Louis and Phoenix Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. He was drafted in the fourth round in 1982, and he played for 12 years in the National Football League. Uh, Tootie Robbins was a native of Windsor, North Carolina, and that is in Bertie County, I believe. Town that's been in the news much. Right, that's correct, right. yeah. And he played college football at East Carolina. And Tootie Robbins died on August 2nd from COVID-19. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. And here's some other folks. Now, attention all baseball fans out there. Here's some names that you've been a baseball fan for a while. You'll recognize all of these people. Uh, first of all, John McNamara died July 28. He was 88 years old. Now, McNamara was manager for six different teams for a total of 19 seasons between 1969 and 1991. But he won the American League pennant for the Red Sox and was manager of the year in 1986. And we all know what happened in the World Series in 1986. And uh, the Red Sox did not win. <laughs> no. And um, he had been a longtime major league player. He'd been a, I'm sorry, I beg your pardon. He had been a longtime minor, minor league, league player. Minor league player. He was a catcher. But he never played in Major League Baseball. But he was the manager and a successful one. And he managed for 19 years. Wow. Sometimes those gives guys who who do not make it to the majors uh, or provide uh, the uh, the best managers. You know, the longtime manager, and I can't think of his name, of the Dodgers, the guy that was manager for 23 years on one-year contract. Tommy Lasorda? No, but right before Lasorda. Uh, but, uh, Walter Alston? Walter Alston. He had played one game in the majors. <laughs> okay. Well, he's kind of like Moonlight Graham, the guy in uh, the the, uh, the movie Field of Dreams. He, I, I think he got to play, but I don't think he got to bat. Well, okay. Well, here's a guy who played a lot of games in the major leagues. Claudel Washington passed away June the 10th, age 65. I remember Claudel so well. He's one of my favorite players. He played for seven different teams over 17 seasons from 1974 to 1990. Now, you know if you can play 17 seasons in Major League Baseball, you've got to be pretty good. He was a two-time All-Star outfielder and a 1974 World Series champion with the Oakland A's. I was going to say, the team that I remember him with was the A's, but right. I know he, as you said, he had a number of other teams. Well, the longest team that he was with was the Braves, Atlanta Braves, from 81 to 86. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tony Taylor. Remember Tony Taylor? Uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Right. Died July 16th. He was 84 years old. Uh, he played with three different teams. He played over 19 years, 1958 to 1976. He played with the Phillies, however, you're right, Tom, for 12 years. Two-time All-Star second baseman. Uh, Tony Taylor was a native of Cuba and is in the Cuban Baseball Hall of Fame. I think he was a, what I remember about him, he, he was a class guy. Well, he, everybody liked him. And, and, uh, but anyway, he, as I said, he was with the Phillies. Very popular, time. right. Yeah. Uh, Frank Bowling died July 11th. He was 88 years old. 
Milt's little brother. Uh, that's correct. Uh, Frank Bowling was a major league player with two teams, the Braves and the Tigers. He played for 12 seasons, 54 to 66. Four-time All-Star second baseman. He won a gold glove in 1958. His older brother was Milt Bowling, as you suggest, uh, and he also was a major leaguer. And Milt Bowling played for the Red Sox, mostly, I believe. Uh, and uh, speaking of the Red Sox, Eddie Casco, remember him? Oh yeah, died uh, June twenty fourth, eighty eight years old. Um, he played with four teams over ten seasons from nineteen fifty seven to nineteen sixty six. He was a two time All Star infielder, and he was the manager of the Red Sox from nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy three. Um, afterward, he became a long time Red Sox executive. And he is in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. <clears throat> well, those are our baseball folks for this evening, Tom, that have uh, passed. But we have some others. Uh, we have some basketball players and coaches. And a first a coach, Lou Henson, died July 25th. He was 88. Uh, he was the head basketball coach, first at New Mexico State, where he spent 19 years, and then at the University of Illinois, where he spent 22 years. He was the Big Ten Coach of the Year in 1993. He was in the Final Four in the NCAA Tournament in 1970 with New Mexico State and in 1989 with Illinois. And he, Lou Henson, is in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Wes Unseld, what a great player. Uh, died June 2nd. He was 74 years old. Uh, he was an NBA player, okay, for the Washington Bullets, or also before that, the Baltimore Bullets. They were also called the Capitol Bullets for a while, uh, from 1968 to 1981. He later was the Bullet head coach from 1988 to 1994. But in college, he was a great t player for Louisville, University of Louisville, a two-time first-team All-American and then they went to the NBA, where he became the Rookie of the Year, five-time NBA All-Star, and a 1978 NBA champion. I would say, Ed, that he did not have much of a vertical, you know what I'm talking about, that vertical jump, but he, he was a wide body. He could get in your way. Yes, he could. Uh, he is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. How are we doing on time, Tom? Okay, well, why don't we take a break now, since you... You you need you I don't know that you need but we we would welcome you having a breath and I know we've got some football players here and uh, we've got at least one NASCAR champion oh yeah who has a local connection so we'll look forward to that that's what you call a tease in the radio business Ed Funkhauser is updating the necrology for year 2020 and uh, we'll be back with the rest in just a moment the Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Oh my goodness, uh, there was a time in the 1970s and the early 1980s. Uh, Tony over here, Ed is 
recounting a list of those who have passed away, but... Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's the theme from MASH, Tom. Uh, and uh, uh, both the, the movie and the TV program. And um, uh, that song was written by Johnny Mandel, who died on, uh, on the June the 29th. He's 94 years old. Uh, he was certainly an American composer and arranger of great fame. He wrote mostly film music and jazz. He won five Grammy Awards. Uh, one of the songs that he wrote for a movie was The Shadow of Your Smile for the movie The Sandpiper, and that song won Academy Award as Best Song from the movies. One of but, my, one of my, hold on, one of my favorites, too. Yeah, but most famous, the most famous song that he wrote was the theme for MASH, uh, which I remember so well. Uh, about the U.S. Army and Korea. And you know where I was, Tom, when that movie came out? Uh, I knew you were in Korea sometime, so it, it, it must have been. I was about 50 miles south of Seoul when well, I saw that movie. You might join me in this. There are a lot of people who have seen the television show who have not seen the movie, and I heartily recommend the movie to you. It's a little different. It's a little different, yeah. but it's worth, worth get cranking up... Uh, uh, wherever you get your movies from and watching it. Well, the theme was written by Johnny Mandel, who passed away on June the 29th. I want to mention Maurice Petty, who died July 25th. He's 81 years old. Of course, Maurice was the engine builder for Petty Enterprises. He was Lee Petty's son. And of course, he's the younger brother of Richard Petty. And Maurice Petty is in the Motorsports Hall of Fame and the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh, the, the first family of NASCAR for a long time. Got to talk about some football players here, Tom, before we run out of time. Uh, Jim Kick, remember him? Uh, now you got to spell it. Two, two I's. Two I's. K-I-I-C-K. Died June 19, 73 years old. He was a running back, notably with the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, from 68 to 74. Two-time Super Bowl champion, including the 1972 undefeated season. He was a two-time AFL All-Star. When he was in college, he was an outstanding player. He was the leading rusher, the MVP, etc., at the University of Wyoming. Uh, Joe Bugle died uh, June 28th. He was 80 years old. Now, he was a college and pro coach from 1964 to 2009. He coached for 45 years. He was a pro head coach at Phoenix and Oakland. But Joe was most famous as an offensive line coach for Washington. Um, he led his Washington offensive line, which were known as the Hogs, the Hogs to two Super Bowl wins in 1983 and 1988. Joe Bugle died June 28th. They need him now. They need him now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny Majors. Wow. Johnny Majors died June 3rd. He was 85 years old. All-American halfback at the University of Tennessee from 1953 to 1956. Um, he was the Southeast Conference MVP in 1955 and 1956, but he was the head coach at the University of Pittsburgh and at the University of Tennessee, but he won the national championship at Pitt in 1976. Who was the running back on that team? I can't think of his um, name. I shouldn't ask you right out in the open like that, but they had a, it was somebody who, um, I, I <laughs> it, it'll, it happens when we it'll get to It'll come to me. It'll come to you. I'm, uh, um, 
Uh, and he, uh, Johnny Majors is in the College Football Hall of Fame, as a matter of fact. I want to mention Kurt Thomas, changing our sport. Kurt Thomas um, died June the 5th. He was 64 years old now. He was a five-time NCAA individual champion. You see, he was a gymnast. And so he could be an individual champion in several events. However, he also led his Indiana State University team to the 1977 National Championship. Um, he won a lot of gold medals in international competition and later was a commentator for both ESPN and ABC TV Sports. He received many prestigious awards, and he is in several gymnastic halls of fame. But if you'll notice one thing I did not mention or say anything about was his uh, time uh, in performances at the Olympics. He did go to the Olympics and did perform in 1976. He was an underclassman at Indiana State University, but his Olympics was 1980. I mean, that was he was expected to be a gold medalist there. But remember, Tom, what happened? <laughs> they uh, canceled. Well, they withdrew from the Moscow Olympics. That's correct. In 1980, the United States did not appear in the Moscow Olympics. And uh, by 1984, he had turned professional. So his Olympic record is he's one of our greatest gymnasts, as a matter of fact, but he doesn't have much of an Olympic record, as a matter of fact. Well, Tom, those are the people that... Hold on, uh, hold on. You've got one more, and, unless I went to sleep somewhere. Okay. Uh, How about Billy Goldenberg? Oh, Billy Goldenberg. That's right. I mentioned him. He's an American composer... Uh, and songwriter for countless movies and television shows. He composed the themes for television shows that we all know, Kojak, Alias Smith and Jones, Rhoda, and many others. Uh, he was active from 1968 to 2017, and he won Emmy Awards and other awards, too. Billy Goldenberg died August 3rd. I get to add one, if I may. I Please do. This to you. But one of my favorite, I'm a bookish person, as you are, and one of my favorite biographers, Robert Richardson, a, a history and literature man, died, I think, on June 16th. And he uh, had written uh, award-winning biographies of Henry David Thoreau, of Robert uh, uh, Emerson, uh, and of uh, William, help me out here, William. Uh, Thackeray? No, no, uh, Henry, William James, Henry oh, James' oh, William, brother. Okay, we, right. Uh, that's how I approach that. Uh, but for people who uh, are, are read books about nature, one of the people you read is Annie Dillard's book, Pilgrim at uh, Tinker's Creek, and she was his wife for the last 20 years, and it's an acute story. Uh, he, She liked his biography of Thoreau so much, she wrote him a, a fan letter, and they met. And as she said, we had two handshakes, three lunches, and we got married. And so, uh, but uh, Annie Dillard is still alive. But Robert Richardson uh, went on on June 16th. Well, okay, Tom, we have a minute or two. You want to mention a couple of books? There, that's the way it was supposed to work out. Okay. Well, um, uh, something I've read recently that I like uh, uh, is "The Splendid and the Vile" by Eric Larson. This is about. Um, Winston Churchill, uh, and what all went on in his family and in his leadership of the nation of Great Britain um, uh, from 1940, basically May of 1940 to May of 1941, which, of course, was a terribly trying time. 
in that in that nation. Uh, but like all of Larson's books, it's excellent. It's a great read. Um, and if you like history and like interesting characters, uh, Eric Larson's The Splendid and the Vile. And let me say that in this hurricane season, people might want to consider his very first book, which is called Isaac Storm. And yeah. it's about the early days of the Weather Bureau and and the, the storm that hit Galveston. And he's pretty sure that Galveston, they usually put down 6,000 deaths there, and they, he thinks it's more like 12,000. Yeah. Uh, it was a terrible occurrence. And a great book, by the way. Yes. Um, A.J. Bame, The Accidental President. I know you and I both have read this book. Uh, it's about Harry Truman, who was truly the accidental president. How did he get to be president of the United States? He was just right in the right place at the right time. But my goodness, did he ever, in his first months of the presidency, have to make some incredible decisions. Uh, and Bame does a wonderful job uh, writing about this. Now, there have been a number of outstanding books about the Truman presidency. I mean, really... Really great works. David McCulloch. Is, yes, the book Truman by McCulloch is just fabulous. And? Yeah. But we're going to have to go. This one is good. Accidental okay. precedent. Okay, yeah. Now that, that is, and one of the decisions that Truman had to make was to drop the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And today is the 75th anniversary of the dropping of the first atomic bomb. Tonight, Dr. Edward Funkhauser has been our guest, the keeper of the... Uh, Necrology, and uh, we hope uh, in a month or so he'll be back and updated again. Tomorrow night, we're going to have a trivia night here on WPTF. The Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF.